Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. It's really, really good to have these two amazing couples who are willing to sing at the drop of a hat. That's, that's when you know you've got good pastors, you know. It's really, really cool. But we were wanting just to get in, into the nitty gritty of, of these two couples, mainly these two ladies and, 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 and how they cope with this drama at home. People often say that the ladies are high maintenance. I look at these two guys, and I'm like, wow. And I'm like, wow, you know? I mean, you, you guys are good looking, but I know it doesn't just happen naturally. Eh? I know it. I know it. Hours. Eh? Hours, Dylan, no? Sorry, I just got lost in Dylan's eyes there for a moment. I apologize. I apologize. Stick to the notes, Gabe. Stick to the notes. <laughs> it's the chaos. It's chaos, yeah. But I would love just to know, just I think I would love to find out very quickly, just a little bit about your story, Dylan, Tess. Where did you guys meet? And, uh, and can you just tell us about those things? Was it love at first sight? Did you guys, who fell for who first? What were any of the, the, the moments that caught your attention? Yeah, I'll end this space. Uh, you know, when you have a sister who's two years younger than you, and she has friends. And you know, when they're in grade, like, I think it was grade seven when I first actually really met Tess, and they were grade five. And there was a there was a school. Oh, we didn't date then. Don't worry, guys. It's, it took me 20 years to figure out how to actually ask out. But but um, there was a school oral, and they needed a boy in the oral, and then boy in the dialogue. So I was like, I'll be that guy. And I really I, I kind of enjoyed her. And um, 20 years later, I figured out I wanted to marry her. So that's our men's conference coming up called "Be That Guy." It's going to be incredible. Going to get Dylan to come and tell us, "Be that guy, the boy in the oral." I love it. Very very good. The idiots, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Tess, you guys get married, and then you marry this amazing man along the, the way, and, uh, and then there's, there's, with kids and the journey, but there's this burning passion in him, and, and you shared about this desire that's grown in you for the local church. Tell us about that first, those first few days of the Link story. I know it, was, it wasn't even called Link in the beginning, nice. and just talk us through that about how, what, what left in your heart as Dylan said, this is what we're going to do. Well, I wasn't always um, incredibly excited about it, um, as you've probably gathered, but um about three years in, we took we took a um, a break to figure out who we were and just to spend some time um, asking God for what the future looked like, so that we could do it together. And um, in that time, God really showed me about His passion and love for the for the church, that she is um, His first prize, the love of His life. And when I caught that, something in my heart ignited, and you know, I, I saw what Dylan had seen all along his passion and dream to build a local church that people would want to come to that was life-giving and full of faith and that gave people somewhere to belong. And I, when I caught that, it was, it was beautiful to be able to build something then together. So it wasn't just, you know, something that he wanted to do, but now it's something that we want to do, which I think is incredibly powerful. And, and just to stick on that, you mentioned a little bit last night as you, you spoke and you intimated now that after three years in the link journey, there was a bit of something, you know, just of like a, a pause moment. And uh, can you talk us through that? Because I think a lot of people are fa- maybe facing where dreams might have died or, or st- stumbled or you're feeling, is this really what we called to? And yeah. everything in you wants to run and hide. How did you embrace that moment? How did you find courage then? Well, we had amazing people around us. 
I think that's always key for me is that when we go through times that are um, tough and when we are asking hard questions, it is important to have people of faith around you who are going to speak truth and life into the chaos that we find ourselves in. And we did that. We surrounded ourselves with people like the Van Pletsons, um, the special people within the local church who began to help me to figure out who I was because I was very young. We got married, got married, fallen pregnant, planted a church all in the space of like six months. Um, and, you know, I needed to hear that God was calling me to be a part of the story, that I wasn't disqualified, that I wasn't discarded. And so we needed that space, that three-month little break for me to actually just be out of chaos for a moment and to actually hear from God and allow Him to reaffirm the promises and call that He has for my life. And we were very privileged to have three months to do that. Normal life, you know, you can't just phone your boss and say, hey, so I'm going through a hard time and wouldn't you give me like a three months just to figure out who I am? You know, wouldn't that be awesome? We were incredibly privileged to have people around us to say, like, you need some space just to figure out who you are. Sometimes we have to do that in life. Um, But it is important, I think, the reason why we came out strong and together um, is because we chose that, but also because we had great people around us who, who helped us ask the right questions. I think that's so huge. Often when we hear, I need some space to figure out who I am, people want to retreat to isolate themselves. But you're saying you took space but pressed into people. Exactly. Exactly. Because the reality is, is I, I fundamentally believe we are better together. We were not created for isolation. You just don't see health around isolation. We were created for intimacy. Intimacy with God and intimacy with each other. And you see incredible fruit coming from people's lives when people press in in very tough circumstances. And so my encouragement here to you, if you're going through something that is tough and you, you're asking hard questions, don't stop coming to church. So many people do that. I would say press in, try and find life groups that you can be a part of, connect groups, I'm not sure what you call them. Come to church, be, a, be that girl group. Seriously, you guys are amazing. Come to those groups, press in, ask good questions, allow people to speak into your lives. It's so powerful. Brilliant, brilliant. Just to change tack to this amazing couple here, Mark, uh, we wind, wind back the clock a few times, um, a few times, just a few years ago, and you this young handsome, grease lightning looks, Barry White voice type of guy, just winding it back. And then your eyes, you didn't meet Candace in a school play, you didn't meet her, on, on the, but you met her somewhere much holier than that, am I, am I right? Can you just give us that, just help, just, I mean, let's just trump that story, just tell us, where did you meet Candace? She actually stalked me for a while, it was a traumatic, it's okay, Kent. and um, we, um, yeah, we, uh, I, I was in church most of my life and uh, got saved in this amazing church called Glenridge, which were a bunch of hooligans who loved Jesus, full of the Spirit, and met in a circus tent. And then I went overseas for, for about eight months, and in that time, um, this girl moved down from Joburg for a career uh, and um, with a boyfriend to Durban. She was not well, and um, her, the person who sat next to her at work um, said to Cairns, you've got to stop phoning these doctors. Jesus can heal you, and Ken's like, nah. And to just get that girl off her and just off her back, she went with her to a life group. They prayed for her. She got saved. Uh, she got healed of an illness that the doctors didn't know what it was and, um, and gave her life to Jesus. So I came back from England, and uh, there was this girl at church 
who my mate um, Neville told me he was very interested in. <laughs> so I told Neville, you have three weeks. <laughs> and if you can't close the deal, we'll see. I, mean, I, I think that's very generous of you. Yeah. Very generous of you. Give I was going to go for two weeks, but three felt more yeah. like the Bible. Yeah, it's good. More Trinitarian. Very good, yeah. Mark. Neville's a great guy. And that's where we met. But we actually met on the beach with a group of friends on the beach. I tried to show off, and I got her- thoroughly smashed by a wave. And um, that set a precedent for years to come. So, And I, I did um, pursue this amazing lady for a while, and she kept telling me, no, I'm enjoying Jesus. I'm like, oh my goodness, I love hearing you say that, but ah. <laughs> don't, don't be that girl. And, um, and God did an amazing thing, and I'm really, really grateful. Brilliant. And uh, Kans, we're just jumping around the timeline a little bit here, but we've, we've heard your story in the, la- in the last little while. You're a high-capacity lady. You and Mark were in the business world. Then God called you guys full-time in, in Durban, and then the big call to Cape Town. And it seems like this, this trajectory of big faith moves and exciting things happening. And then the last couple of years for you here in Cape Town have been plagued with, with incredible back pain. That is debilitating back pain at many times where you and the doctors are unsure of what's going on and you've gone from test to test. How have you remained courageous in that? It's easy when it feels like life is just ramping up and things are getting better. But then comes a speed bump. This, things are still going and God, the call of God is still there. But, but there's this feels like physical circumstances are holding you back. How have you faced that and wrestled with that practically? How have you found courage in that story? Um, I think, although my back is a lot better now, but in those really difficult times, there were a couple of months where I was incredibly, incredibly sore and would get these insane migraine headaches and tension all the way up my back. And um, I think God did a lot in that time. Really, I think in that time it was just really pressing into his word really pressing into his promises. I would even print, my husband thought I was mad, print scriptures and put it all over my bedroom and just so I could wake up in the morning and just that would be the first thing I'd see, just remind myself, just renew my mind because it starts here. Yeah. And um, so I think that was one of the things. And then oh, I think also just pressing into friendships and community and realizing like God had to tell me, actually, you need your girls around you. You can't do this on, the, on your own. You know, I can be quite a private person and I had to learn to actually just get a group of ladies around me to pray. And in those hectic, you know, there were some moments where I just feel really discouraged and really down. And I'd have to just send that message out to those prayer warriors and just say, please lift me up in prayer. And just help me with this, you know, because I need those girls around me. And it's, it's the power of friendship and community. And, um, yeah, and I, I think also just learning to really just... I had to learn, I knew it all in my head about praising him through the fire and praising him in the storm. I mean, it's one thing to preach it, but it's a whole other thing to actually live it. And uh, I had to really learn, even when I didn't feel like it, to just get myself into his presence, play worship music, even in the pain and and trying to look after the boys and trying to keep up with everything. I would just play worship music on the way, dropping the boys off. I would just play worship music. I'd literally just cry out to him. I would just cry out to him. I had to learn also that actually like David in the Psalms would lament, actually. And he would let it all out. And I had to learn it's okay to be a bit disappointed. It's okay to feel discouraged. But don't stay in that place. You've got to walk through that valley. And then you've got to find your hope again. So you look at the Psalms where David's very honest about why am I so discouraged? My soul is in despair. 
but he lands in a place of hope in God again. I will yet praise him. So, yeah, I think that's some of the stuff. Yeah, good. Just, um, I'm a mountain man. I like mountains. I want to be at the top. I want to say life's good. I'm good there. I'm not good at the bottom. And um, in this journey I've had nights, we wake up, we went, we had one night away from the kids. I thought it was the best bed in the world at this B&B. And I wake up, my wife's not in the bed next to me. And she's sleeping on the floor because that bed didn't work for her back. And then I've woken up nights with this lady. I wake up, I'm looking for her. She's on her knees praying. And um, I want to encourage you to engage God. Maybe here today and you're saying, I'm not even sure why I'm here. And I don't know if I believe Jesus. I want to tell you that Jesus is the lily of the valley. That in your lowest points, where we aren't good, He's exceptional. And, um, and if you will get on your knees at your lowest points, when you think you can't go any lower, you will see a glorious king who is faithful and kind and has a long story for you. Can I just add, I just, God just reminded me again that even in those dark moments um, of pain and just a bit of discouragement, I think God has to deal with a lot of um, just guilt in my life in terms of performing like I'm the pastor's wife and I'm not able to be at this thing and that thing. I'm not able to do this and I've got all these dreams and these things that I wanted to. It was incredibly frustrating not being able to be a part of it, not being able to do stuff. But I would be riddled with a bit of guilt. And I had to come to a place where actually I had, God had to release me of that guilt. That actually this is just a time of trying to rest in Him, um, not have to, having to perform for Him or for anyone. But just knowing and, and being secure in his love for me and in who I was as his daughter before anything else. So I think God dealt with a lot of that in my life. Yeah. Can we give Candice a round of applause? That's amazing, Candice. Incredible. Just my two cents worth is to honor you, Candice. I think it's, you've, uh, I'm so grateful to have a, a woman in our lives who's able to stand in tough times and who's able to point to not somebody who's rah rah and big and all the time, but somebody who's actually. Okay to be vulnerable, and you put such courage in us, so thank you so much. We really want to honor you, and thank you for that journey, that story. Just on this story, how we realize that life is not always just this easy going thing. It's up one day, down the next day. It feels like it's a roller coaster at times. Maybe you've all been in different seasons. Now you're in motherhood seasons, and, and with girls and boys, and lots going on. You once were all single. Um, what would you say now, just if you, even uh, some of the guys here, just uh, what would you say to the ladies here who are single, who are p- potentially content in their singleness? It's actually, that's, I don't, I'm not waiting for anyone, but maybe there are some who are waiting and saying, God, would you bring someone along my path? Or people who are, I don't know where they are in that journey, but what would you speak now, words of courage to them? Or if, if you were to go back in time and speak to your single self and put courage in your heart, then what would you say to them now? Till we'll start with you, because I know you've, you've, got a, you've got a blog on this, don't you? No? <laughs> yeah, I do, yeah, yeah. If you, I think you should ask the ladies, though. All right, because, let's, let's uh, go there. I mean, I'll cool. comment, I've got daughters, I'll tell you what I think, but I think it'd be great to hear. Yes, your man has thrown you under the bus. There yes, you go. Yes, he has. Um, okay, so to single, single ladies, you know what, like, you can only really say these things in hindsight, because, you know, 11 years of marriage will help you to say this, but... We always want what we don't have. You know, it's hard, it's hard to be content with what we have, but I think contentment is incredibly powerful. It's, 
it's an amazing, amazing space to be in when you can actually say, not you're settling, like this is it forever, but you're content with where you are now. And I wish I'd had a contentment in my singleness because I think I would have embraced some of the God doors that he was placing before me because I wasn't so worried about what someone else was doing or where someone else was being. And so um, for me, it would be if you're single, pursue contentment. Um, find out how to be happy and content and okay in your own skin, in your own season, um, wh- wherever that may be. Maybe you've been married before, maybe you, so you're, you're feeling like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a bit older. That's okay. I think wherever you find yourself in whatever season, contentment is an incredibly beautiful thing. And there is nothing like a content woman, someone who is just easy in her own skin. Hey, guys? Yeah. Low maintenance, beautiful. So, so here's, uh, I think that's great. And amen for contented women. Um, I, here's, here's the guy version of that. Make the men work for it. <laughs> that's, that, that's what I'm telling my daughters. Like, don't give yourself away to easy. You know, um, someone once described it as fishing. And they said, you know, as, and I'm speaking to younger ladies, perhaps you're older and you're still wondering, is that guy there? Uh, I would say the same thing. Um, you're going fishing and you can, you can get a quick fix. You can go into the back line. You can drop down 30 hooks and hope for the best. Or you could put a beautiful prize lure on your line and you can head out into the deep waters and wait until the marlin takes. And I think one of the beauties of raising daughters is I keep telling them, you're the prize lure, all right? Don't let anything nibble at you. And, um, and, uh, That's a great tweet right there. No nibbling. No, no, no nibbling. No nibbling. Um, so, so I always, I always say to my girls, like, listen, if a guy's going to get you, he's going to work for it. And I, I think, woman, I want to say to you, you have, you have incredibly more value than you perceive or think, you know. That's often the case. We always think we pitch ourselves here, but God sees us as his daughters, as his prized possession, as his princesses. And, uh, and so I, I, I always say make them really work. In fact, funny story, uh, my best friend and a guy that I serve with in our church, he's on leadership with us. He has three sons. I have three daughters. And uh, so everyone always jokes, isn't it going to be amazing that day, you know, when the, and he says to them, he says, no ways, I'm going to tell my boys, go and look for a girl somewhere else, those yarnocks are difficult. <laughs> and uh, I'm saying praise Jesus for that, because they're not difficult, they're just valuable. So, um, you know, someone, I don't know if it was Stephen Furtick, he said, often we give up what we want most for what we want now. And uh, if you want a man that is in love with Jesus, that is secure in himself, that is after God's heart, not just yours, uh, don't give up what you want most for what you want now. And, uh, and, tr- and trust that there is something in the process, you know. I think that quote there trumps your don't allow nibbling. <laughs> what you Maybe say the last one one more time. It's not Let's tweetable though. It's not tweetable. Yeah. Okay, we'll leave it then. We'll <laughs> leave it there. Mark and Kent, from your side. Um, shall I go first? Just um, no nibbling. And... Um, <laughs> But can I speak to ladies? We pray for a lot in this church, single ladies. Not all young, some older, some seen some life, some seen some lows. We pray for you a lot. Don't wait for a season of flourishing one day when that door opens. Flourish now. Flourish now. Don't wait for someone to come and you have a water. His name is Jesus. You have a shepherd. His name is Jesus. You have a power source, the Holy Spirit. You have a father shouting for you. Flourish now. Stop listening to the lies of the enemy that keep you on a small island of fear. Flourish now. Love people. I've just seen a 
Jenny Ambler boasts about you everywhere. She's a flourishing lady. She had some tough stories. But a flourishing lady who every time I meet people, she's loving them. She's making them meals. She's serving this church. Flourish now. I'm 19. I don't know where I'm going. No, flourish now. God, God knows you're 19 now. He's faithful now. Flourish now. Well, I'm 65 and I don't know where. And No, flourish now. Give away what you have and watch what God will give when you give away what you have. Go for it, Kaz. I think they've summed it up pretty well. <laughs> but yeah, just to make the most of the moment or the seasons, hey, and just to be grateful. And, and don't let your singleness disqualify you, like Mark was saying. Don't let it be a disqualifier. God's got a call over your life, even in your singleness. It's beautiful. So you're going to have a lot more time on your hands, not dealing with, uh, you know, Amen. husbands and kids. <laughs> so, you know, go for it. Get into the Word of God. Study His Word. You've got time, girls. Study His Word. Get to know Him. So, yeah, that would be my encouragement. And I think you've done a nice segue, Kans, just into <clears throat> the next season of life that you guys are in right now is motherhood. And uh, you've got three, arguably four boys at home, and uh, not mentioning Pilot, the dog. This family have got a dog. And uh, how, how do you, often in motherhood, maybe, and just to you, Kenzie, and to, sorry, to you, Tess, um, where motherhood often can seem like a season where, okay, now I'm going to do this, but can sometimes be like hidden away, like back, back to the mother's room, back into the corner. And, and how, how would you talk up those years and the privilege of being a mom? And put courage in moms who, who feel maybe this is, I'm just, I'm just going to lay low for the next 18 years. Uh, give or take a few. Okay. Depending on how long they stay. Well, it was 21 for my mom, but anyway. <laughs> hopefully not that long. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough season. It's tough because it, at times it does feel like you're hidden. You know, and, um, but God can still use you incredibly powerfully. And it's, it's to know that actually you're raising little leaders and you're raising warriors or you're raising these princesses. It's, it's an incredible call. It's part of his call. It's a privilege to be training and leading and loving these children. And it might not be up in the front and in the spotlight and it, it might be hidden, but it's still, it's a call and um, it's incredibly powerful. And I think like um, I would often sit in the mom's room and it would be so loud and toddlers and you're not really hearing the preach and it's all a bit crazy and you're like, why am I here? Um, what am I doing here? Um, but, you know, you can give a word of encouragement to a mom. You can give a hug or a smile to a mom in that mom's room. Or you can listen to just one sentence. Maybe you only listen to one sentence or one part of a verse and God can minister to you and God can speak to you. So don't feel like you're missing out. God can use you incredibly powerfully. And um, just to remember that it's, it is part of your call, actually. So it's a huge privilege. Um, I've gone on quite a journey of like figuring out this whole motherhood thing. And I, th I don't think you ever stop figuring it out. It's something that's always evolving and changing because the kids are always evolving and changing. Um, but I always used to think that I was missing out on something because I had kids. And I'd had them young. And everyone else was pursuing this like radical, beautiful um, call, um, they were pursuing their dreams, and there I was, like, nurturing these little babies who just needed so much of me all the time, um, and took a long time to find my feet and to figure out that actually there's really nothing as worthy as this call, because I can do many things, but no one can be a mother to my children, 
you know. I can, I can be here and preach and I can be at home and I can be a part of our staff team. But the reality is there are other people who could do that. But there is no one who can be a mother to my children because I, that's what God gave me to do. And I've, I've took a while, taken a while to get there. But one, of, one of the things that I'm just loving so much is realizing that if we're just in the moment, if we just be present in the moment, we can enjoy it. It doesn't have to be, you know, motherhood, the grind. It's, it's really, that's just a perspective because it is hard. I mean, I have four kids. One of them, she is like, she's crazy. She's crazy. <laughs> yep, she's crazy. And I don't know how to parent her. I don't. I ask, I ask the Holy Spirit every day, please help me parent Honor. Please help me parent Honor. I don't know how to do it. Um, you know, and so... It's always changing. It's always evolving. But to be in the moment is a beautiful thing. And I'm learning if I'm just in the moment, if I just give myself to this moment with this child here and then over there, it's it's not such a big deal. It's actually beautiful. And it can be fun. Um, and I want a testimony personally, not of preaching on many platforms. That's amazing, and I would love that. But I actually, deep down in me, I just want this testimony that my kids are flourishing, they're happy, they're pursuing Jesus, that they love the local church with everything inside of them, that they are incredible wives and an incredible husband. That's the testimony that I want at the end of the day. Because when you strip back all of the, the limelight stuff and the Instagram-worthy photos and you know all the stuff that everyone's doing, the profile stuff, when you strip all of that away, what, what's left is people. And these are my people, and I want to make sure that when, you know, when they're in my home and in my care, that I give my best to this moment. And so I would just encourage you, just be in the moment. Just give yourself to this moment of motherhood, because you know what? It's a minute. It's a minute in light of what we're a part of here on earth. Just, um, some of you know the story. Gabe and my mom are big mates. Um, Gabe and my mom, and Gabe's mom and my mom. <laughs> Oh, big mates. They're all mates. I'm on the outside. And, um, but, um, but can I speak as a son who had a mom who prayed? She worked with my dad in the business. And, uh, but she started a group. Who wants their mother to start a prayer group at their school called the Mothers Who Pray? And they pray across from the entrance in the all, park. All boys school. High across school. the road, they would pray. My mom in the park. That's your mom. No, I'm like Judas. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> you got it wrong. And uh, my mom's hair is red, or it's different to that. And um, but, but my mom prayed. She read the word, and uh, and she loved. And uh, I'm a product of a praying mom. There, there are, there were moments in my life I could have made bad decisions. Just moments. I can tell you them, but you can imagine them. <laughs> and uh, as moms, and. Um, you know what flashed before me was my mom praying for me. Yeah. Be honest. I just couldn't face up to that face, tell her this story. I wanted to live that story. And I just want to encourage you. And I want to say that's not just moms who have natural children. Yeah. We've got so many moms here. We've we got so many moms here. I look at that picture of that lady on the left. You bring me so much courage. As your pastor, I want to tell you, you are my pastor. You're one of them. You bring so much courage to us. You put your hand up to go adventure. You just, you love people. You keep pouring out. I hear story after story after story of pastors 
and mothers in the life of this church who love and care, do that thing because it's powerful. So, so cool. I think these sort of moments where we, we chat and, and you mentioned Instagram worthy moments and we know that life is definitely not like Instagram and often we, we think our, people's lives are like that but actually when you look at their behind the scenes, there's nothing like it. They haven't done any filters or any touch-ups or any zooming in. But I think in these moments, my heart often at conferences or high moments, I'm like, yes, I want to do it. But then the very next day is like deadlines. It's like chaos. It's like food fights at home with the kids. Doesn't want to eat the food. They don't want to nap. It's just like dishwasher needs to be done. A whole lot of ordinary and hustle and bustle. A lot's happening. Speaking of Instagram, you mentioned yesterday that a question, you know, that new feature, ask me something. Don't know if you've seen it on Instagram. If you're on it, it says, ask me something. And the question most people are asking leaders, especially Christian leaders these days, are, the word, how do you balance it all? Uh, maybe you guys have got a sort of an answer, and, and then we'll come down the line, of this idea of balance around the ordinary, the seemingly ordinary, and then the extraordinary moments. How do we balance this thing of leadership and courage and got to feed the kids, I've got to pay the bills? So um, I actually did a session with our team not so long ago called Abandon, Balance, Embrace Passion. And uh, it's because I don't believe there is balance in life. I think uh, I think that is a that is a it's a cop out for mediocrity, and uh, I'm not wanting to disrespect anyone that's worked hard at that in their lives in this room. I understand as moms you would want some form of balance, and there is there is part of life that has some uh, equilibrium to it, I guess. But I think what we lack is passion. Uh, passion is where the product of grace lies, and um, and so for me, um, I'm always speaking to our team of where has God called you to be. Like Ken's word just now was powerful, just like. There's a call in our lives, and to choose it's important. And, uh, and so for me, I think uh, balance is like, where should I be? Where should I? Well, actually, what's God said, go after it. Put your life and soul into that place, because where there's evidence of grace, there's always growth. And so um, I'm that guy. I think in some seasons of life, I can see God is calling me. Your girls need you. Your, your, your girls are, they haven't seen you a lot. They need you. So I throw myself at pouring into their lives. It's the, that's the season of passion. I'm going to give myself to you. I'm going to try and balance it out. Other times I see our church and I realize our church needs to take a step of faith or advance or get out of ourselves and do something again. And uh, in that season, we rally our team at home and girls, the ones that I've just loved, and I say, hey, mom and dad are going to give a little bit of extra time to the church in this season because God's calling us to this now. And so it's to, I don't know if that's the right word, to abandon, balance, embrace passion, but I do believe that uh, it's in our passion that purpose lies. And so I would encourage people, get behind something with all your heart, and you'll be surprised of the life that follows. I love the picture of a, um, riding a bicycle, because you can only stay balanced on the bicycle when you're moving forward, when you're actually pedaling. And I think so often we stop and we want to assess and we want to put all the little things in the right compartments so that it looks balanced. But the reality is then we're not moving forward. We're not, we're not walking into the things that I believe God is calling us to do. And so for me, you know, how, how do we juggle it all? The clown can't hold all the balls, but then suddenly when he throws them in the air, they're, you know, he, he can hold a whole lot. So for me, it's just to throw it all up in the air. And to go with it. Like, the reality is I'm probably going to drop some. We're going to drop balls, girls. Hello. It's okay. Like, it's, it's life. And it's okay. And we drop balls and then we pick them back up and we go. So for me, I also, I believe in abandoning balance. Because when I tried to have all my ducks in a row and have all the things in the right compartments, I just was 
constantly putting things in the right compartments. Yeah. That's all I was doing, rather than being in the moment, focusing on what needed my attention in, in that season. And so for us, we kind of just, we just listen to the Holy Spirit. That's what it comes down to, actually. Um, yeah, I was just going to say that. It's actually just, you know, there'll be seasons where God says, I want you to focus more on your children, or I want you to focus more on your marriage, or now I want you to give more to the ladies or to church or ministry or whatever. And I think the key is actually just walking in step with the Holy Spirit. It's walking close to God. It's hearing his heart. It's hearing what he's saying. It's hearing, I want to give you, you know, this is where you need your focus. So it literally is just being close to him and hearing what he's saying. And I love that, Tess. Actually, we are going to get it wrong. And it's okay. I love that. You know, we, we're not perfect. We don't live in a perfect world. We're not robots. And I love that just moving forward, as long as we're moving forward, we'll make a few mistakes along the way, and that's okay. And I also just love the fact that actually, like ministry can be quite crazy and quite busy and hectic, but you know what? It's not just Mark and I that are called to ministry. It's our boys as well. And I keep telling them that God has given you grace. Like he's given mommy and daddy grace. He's given each of you a portion of grace for this call. And, and you can see it. It just, like their, their capacity and their, their love for the church and their love for people and community, it just grows and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to watch. It really, really is. I am unbalanced. <laughs> I wouldn't be described by many people as balanced, especially my wife. And um, walk with God. Some of you are made to rev. You've got engines made to rev. God designed you to rev. And if you never rev, you're never going to walk in the potential God's called you to go in the name of balance. Balance not in the Bible. Don't balance the books. God is in the Bible. He speaks. And he'll lead you. And some are meant, and, and, and I say that with respect. Ephesians tells us sit, walk, stand. doesn't tell us run. But it does tell us you're seated with him. It does tell us you're in him which means the guide and the governor on our lives is not a man-made principle of balance. It's a relationship with the one who balances it all, who brings it all into perspective, who breathes his life upon you, pours his grace upon you. And if you would keep your ear to that voice, the seasons of running will be sustained and he will speak when the seasons of sitting need to come and need to happen. And I'm growing in this, so I'm not joking about it. I'm not boasting about being, uh, we've just done a whole emotionally healthy leader thing with the staff. I can't hide it from these guys. I've run and then fall over sometimes, and, and I'm learning to walk with God. But running's not in there. But walking, sitting, standing in Christ is all it's about. And, and I think if we give attention to those things, you'll find it easier to put the boundaries in the right places. Most of you spend hours working for a boss who doesn't hold some of your values and principles, You've got to work ways and means of navigating those relationships because the big things still need to be in place. The big things are the little ones that are at home. The big things are the very relationships you're investing in. The big things are the kingdom of God. And uh, just if I can throw in just one thing, I think something is so underrated um, in the Christian walk. It's almost like a, a word from a bygone era in, in Christianity that actually this thing of what are you feeding yourself determines where you're going. Just the, this thing, I think so many people, we say our life is so busy, but by the amount of likes on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, I see you've got a lot of time on your hands. I'm the first one included in that. And, and my wife often will remind me, Gabe, you need to get back into the rhythm of the word. 
So I want, there's a well-worn quote of John, uh, John Wesley and Martin Luther, one of those old guys. Um, who really cares? But what he says was brilliant. But, you know, he says, you know, every day he was notorious for getting up early at 5 a.m., spend time with God. And he said, but I've got a really, really busy day coming up, so I'm going to get up at 4 a.m. to spend more time with God. And I think so often we start skimping on the things that are really going to feed us and sustain us to keep balance. So we start cutting out community because I don't have time for that. I'm going to cut out the Word of God because I'm busy at the moment. I'm going to cut out things that are good for us. When actually God's saying, would you be feeding on those things in the busy times and watch you thrive in the busy times? I, I want to I wrap this time up very quickly and get us to these amazing couples who pray and put courage in our hearts. I think, if I can, the word that describes this interview in your lives are just the, this walking with God in the seasons. I think it's been amazing, just even your vulnerability of, hey, there's been some exciting moments and some low moments sitting on couches going, God, what have you got for us? And then picking yourself up again and saying, dropping balls and, and, and can saying, my back, and I've been lying on the floor at times and, and trying to wrestle this journey of, of the seasons of God. And I think maybe you're here today and, and you're saying, what do I do with the season I'm in? I, I'm wanting these, lady, these ladies and these two guys quickly to pray courage into your hearts. So not this to be more than information, but a transformation moment. Say, God, I want to walk with grace in the season you've got me. To embrace passion. So I'm going to ask you to do something bold. If you are single and you're saying, I want to walk this season. Maybe I've seen it as a curse. Maybe I've seen it as going saying, God, why? But you're saying, I want to embrace passion. In this season, embrace all that you've got for me in this season. I'm going to ask you to stand, and they're going to pray for you. If you are a mom, and you're in the season, you've been saying, I just want to get through the season. And I just don't know how I'm going to get through it. And you're saying, but God, I want to embrace passion for this season. I'd also love you to stand. If you are in the marketplace, you're working, and you're feeling life is just busy, and I don't know how to balance it all, and I'm just trying to keep everything in line, but you're saying, this season I'm in, I'm not going to use it as an excuse saying, when I get through the season, when the finances come in, but I'm going to pick up this season now to embrace passion. I'm also going to ask you to stand. And if you have any other category and you feel you want to stand, <laughs> you're more than welcome to stand. But I feel it's the key thing. The reason why I don't say all stand at once is because I think sometimes we have to choose as Candace says, choose your calling, choose your season, choose it, and you get to decide. You get to decide. God has spoken, He's spoken grace, He's spoken life, He's spoken future. You and I get to pick up that call today. So I'm going to, as you stand, I'm going to ask these amazing people, run down life, you can pray a prayer, whatever's burning, of faith, of courage, to call them to the more that God has. So why don't you, if you've got faith, open your hands to God. I'm the first one with my hands up. Say, God, use me and I'm embracing passion this season. Just as our hands are up, just as we're going to pray, um, there's this moment in John 6 when Jesus has just fed thousands, and then he goes across the lake to the other side of the lake, and they come looking for him. And when they get to him, they say to him, Master, where have you been? And he responds with this line. He says, you came looking for me not for your miracle, but because back there you got your fill. So what he says is, you came looking for your miracle, but what you actually really need is what you didn't know was the meal. And, and I believe that people standing here, there's a miracle in the season that you're in that you're asking for. God, would you give me the faith to rise up? Would you give me the breakthrough that I need? God, would you give me the, the extremity of strength to, to sustain? But actually, I think before the miracle, we need the meal. And I think what God wants to do in this moment is fill you afresh with his life. And so, Jesus, I thank you that there is enough of you to fill this room, God. There is enough of you to fill every soul, every heart, every dream, every desire. 
God, every pain that has been cried for, God, every, every dream that has been left behind, almost, God, that has been thought that has been lost, God, there's enough of you, Jesus, to fill it with hope, to fill it with a hunger for more of you, to fill it with a fresh desire, Jesus, to see your life flow in and through these women, God, your ladies, your princesses, your loved ones, your prizes, God. And so we speak life, we speak blessing, we speak courage, God, over them in this season and in the next, God. That what you give them now will sustain them for far more than they could ever dream of, God. And so do it in your ladies right now, we pray. In Jesus' name, fill them with the life of Christ, we ask, God. Amen. We thank you, Jesus, that your grace is sufficient for us in every season. And so I pray that your grace would pour out upon this place, that every woman standing here today would encounter the supernatural grace of Jesus that lifts, that picks us up, that takes us into the places that we need to go. And I thank you, God, that we are never alone, that you are with us, that you never leave us nor forsake us, that even when we feel loneliness in our season, you are right beside us. It is only a feeling of loneliness you have never left us. Yeah. You will never yeah. leave us. I thank you, Jesus, that we always have you close thank and you. near. And I just pray, just again, a special pouring out of your grace in this moment to your precious daughters yeah. who have boldly stood in this moment to say, God, I need you. Yeah. And we just pray, Jesus, that you would come through in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you know every woman standing here. You know every season that they are in more than they even know themselves, Lord. And I just thank you for their boldness as they've stood here. I pray you meet them in this place. Thank you that you are more than enough, Lord. I just thank you for the single girls standing here, that they would just take on this season of singleness. They would embrace you. They would run hard after you. They would learn more about you, Father God, and more about what you have for them, that would that, that um, their singleness would not disqualify them, Lord, that they would run into the fullness of the call in this season. Thank you, Father. I pray for those um, who are married, Father God, who have maybe have young children, the moms, Father. I thank you, Lord, where they feel like they are hidden. I just pray that you'd remind them again of this incredible privilege of raising children, young children, raising them, training them, leading them, teaching them, loving them, teaching them about you, Lord, and the incredible privilege of being a mom to their kids, Father God. I just pray your grace over them. I just pray your love over them, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Spirit of God, you are here. Revealing the Father, revealing the Son, you are bringing life, you are anointing. Thank you for the potential in this room, Lord. Potential in this room to change a city, to change a nation, to change a world. To see the oppressed lifted up, to see the broken healed. To see the those in slavery of all kinds set free. Potential in this room, God. I pray, Spirit of God, bring life and joy and freedom. Do what only you can do. Get to where only you can get to, Lord. The voices of leaders can get somewhere. The encouragements can get somewhere. The friends can get somewhere, but only you can get everywhere, God. And I pray, Spirit of God, would you get everywhere with us, deep inside the caverns of our hearts, I pray, speak life, speak truth. Let us unlearn the unhelpful lessons we've learned to learn and pick up the ways of heaven so that heaven can keep touching earth, God. You're releasing people. You're releasing warriors in your hands. You're releasing ladies who would bring you glory. You want to start with us? So we say thank you, God. 
Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Jesus, that you died to set every single person free, every stain washed away, any blemish mocked out. Marked out. Thank you, Spirit of God, that you keep breathing life, calling us to more, setting free in this place.